Yeah, so good evening, beloved. Uh, today is our Wednesday Bible study. And um, so I'm going to share, if you have anything, just message me at the bottom. Uh, you can put things in and I'm going to uh, just, I wanted Wednesdays to be a um, word that is inspired with something that's going on in people's lives. Okay. And uh, just sharing with that what the Holy Spirit wants to share. So I'm going to begin with something that God put on my heart this morning and he was just sharing about faithfulness with me. Okay. So let's open up to, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm just going to flip. Okay. Open up to uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians <clears throat> uh, chapter 1 and I'm going to start reading from Yeah, wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to start reading from 15. Okay, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And in this confidence, I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit to pass by way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you and be helped by you on my way to Judea. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan, do I plan according to the flesh that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among us, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. For all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ with you in Christ and has anointed us in God who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that you, that, that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy for by faith you stand. You know what I like what he said here? I, I, this is interesting to read, okay? From verse 17. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly or the things I planned? Do I plan according to the flesh? You know, anything that is done in the flesh <clears throat> is uncertain. It is yes and no. Okay? It, the flesh is double-minded. Okay? But anything that is made with the spirit is certain. And it's yes. There is a knowing and God is not double-minded about who he is. Even every decision that you make, there's no double-mindedness about it. So anything that is coming off the flesh is double-minded. It's yes sometimes, it's no sometimes. Because that decision was made out of flesh or maybe out of impulsiveness. But something that comes out of the spirit, it's always a yes and then it might be a no. It's certain. Because that's his nature. His yes is yes and his no is no. He's not double-minded. Okay? And I'm just getting that right now. Even as I'm reading that. Okay? Anything that comes out of the flesh is a yes and a no. 
but anything that's coming out of the spirit okay it's yes because god is faithful our word to you was not yes and no because god is sure so it's always a yes or it's a no okay uh, you know that's why even in marriage it begins by faith as a decision yes but anything that's coming begins in flesh is a yes and no because it never originated in faith okay and that's why it's you go through the ups and downs and things like that and things like adultery and things like that spring out because it didn't begin in god okay and that's why the bible is so sure that look at this if it's of the spirit it's yes and or it's a no you're you're sure about it you're not double minded about it okay uh let's read further okay but as god is faithful our word to you was not yes and no but the son of god jesus christ who was preached among you by us by me silvanus and timothy was not yes and no but in him was yes as a son you and me are very sure about who we are and that's why everything that we do okay is sure are you getting it so look at this okay but in him was yes for all the promises of god in christ are yes they're not uncertain they're sure that's why it says by the how do we partake of the divine nature through the promises of god and so even as you take on that promise it's a surety because every promise that you take is just showing you who you are any promise that i get into the word i'm not trying to claim it okay someone mentioned the other day about oh i'm claiming this and i was like but jesus is not claiming anything for himself he didn't go claiming he was only a representation everything that he was doing was a representation of who he was so when he said i am life he was not claiming i am life i am life he was life and so because he is life everything that he did was life and dead things were coming back to life because he is who he is and the word is one okay and so when you are reading the bible when you are looking at the promises uh, as a son we don't need to claim the promises it's simply showing us who we are and so even as you rest in it and then everything comes to tell you when you read a promise that it is not you and that's where the patience is that's where the endurance is when the minute you see something like for example now i just saw something right like in even as i was just reading it the holy spirit showed me something that the flesh is impulsive and so the flesh will always be yes and no a decision made from the flesh that's when someone they just change their mind about something you know because it was never never originated from the spirit it was in the flesh but the spirit man is a yes and a yes and a no or a no that means it's certain it's sure because it comes from the nature of god now even as i saw this that means my word is sure that means if i i told you this right like we, we've done this in the minute you became a son you've got one heart with him okay and now god says that i'm going to write down on your heart i'm going to cause him to walk and the path that is coming we are one spirit with him the path that is always divided is in our soul constantly separates us like as if it's god and you and that's where we are coming into unity now for example so now if i see this promise i i say to myself i am not double minded my yes is yes and my no is no now this is the identity that i take it this is who i am now everything comes to make me double minded and then when i'm sure i just stay with it are you getting what i'm saying is because it comes from who i am 
You and I are not of the flesh. You and I are born from above and our identity is of spirit. Born again means born from above, right? We, we talked about it in the previous uh, messages before. Uh, spirit versus flesh. Okay, Jesus says that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And then he says, you are not of the flesh anymore. We are born of our father. We are born of the word. God is spirit. And so everything about you and me is certain. You know. The, the word says there is an unction from the Lord and you know all things. Sometimes even before my mind can catch up to things, I already know. I have a knowing inside. Like it just is. Like sometimes I even know the projects that I will do and the projects that I won't do. Even though it's going like this, and just deep down, I just know it. Like it was just, I just knew, you know. And and then suddenly it just follows. And now, so my mind caught up to it later, but I just knew, like, um, I'm not like feeling it or something like that. Okay, uh, and that's what I mean. You you already knew things before, and you already knew it was a no. <laughs> so your your flesh can be in, in that whole double mindedness, okay? But your spirit man knows. But you are not your flesh. You are the spirit man. And after some time, it becomes easier. It becomes easier just so you, you know it and you, you know when it's a no and when it's a yes. Okay? How do I take on the word? Okay? So if I see this, all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, in Christ, are amen. To God, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee, okay? All the promises of God in Christ are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God. I want you to quickly uh, turn to, um, I think it's in Colossians, okay? Hold on, let me just get it out. Uh, get that scripture out for me, a party because of his divine nature. If someone has it first, you can read it. Uh, yeah, no, no, I got this. Sorry, yeah, just a minute. Okay, open with me to 2 Peter 1, verse 4. I'm going to read actually this Colossian verse. 2 Peter 1, verse 4. Peter 1 verse 4. Okay. <clears throat> Simon Peter, a bond. I'm just going to read uh, a couple of verses before that. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things 
as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness <clears throat> through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Okay, that through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. How are you becoming a partaker of his divine nature? This is constantly what's happening to you in any situation that you are. Okay, sometimes I hear your testimonies. I see sometimes before the testimony, the trial that you were going through. And then all that trial did was sift out all the weeds. You know, and I saw your identity getting formed in that. And then suddenly the testimony comes, but I love the journey sometimes. And just seeing that journey, like today I was share, uh, sharing with Sneha, and I'm taking names because I may not put this video online. Uh, but just to see her testimony and just like what amazing things that God has done in her life. So beautiful, okay? And in that, just her identity getting sifted, okay? And uh, taking on the promises of God. But look what it says here in verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, that through the promises, you become a partaker of the divine nature, okay? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This is what I mean, okay? In every area, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's relationships, there is, there is a righteousness that is working for your behalf. And that means your portion is going to be a, a little different than the person next to you. And how are you becoming, how are you getting this portion and how are you getting this divine nature working out for you? That means that separates you from the corruption that is in the world to last. That means it's a separation outside of it. That's why, you know, when Jesus uh, was praying for his disciples, okay, before he was, uh, uh, before he went on the cross, he said, I have sanctified them by your word. Sanctify means setting them apart. So the, the way you and I, or in any trial, the way I set myself apart, through the corruption that is in the world or the, the cycles of the world is by looking at a promise and then I take that promise, I rest in it because all that the promise will show me is actually who I am. It tells me, just the way I read it, Priya, your flesh will be double-minded, not you. So every anytime you've been double-minded about something, it's in your flesh. But the spirit is not double-minded. Christ in you is yes and he's a no. He just knows. He's very certain. And now that I look back in my life when I've been like, I've made choices and things like that, I can see that, yeah, that was all outworking of the flesh. But the spirit, there were things that I just knew and I just held on and it was just, and I knew that it was all priced in me. Because he's not double-minded. He's sure. He goes for it. Okay, he's certain. His yes is yes and his no is a no. He just knows it. Okay, and so I become a partaker through the divine promises. That's why in any situation that you have, I like to ask the person, so what is, what is the promise that you're standing on? And it doesn't have to be like for, you know, for healing sometimes. It doesn't have to be by his stripes I'm healed. It doesn't. It could just be that I'm the beloved. Okay, because it's a revelation to you. It's not like theoretical and a formula. It is a, a revelation that God has given you. And you know what God is speaking to you. And so you, you take that promise because it's talking about your divine nature. That means I am the beloved could also mean, oh, I'm, I'm the beloved. I'm born of him. I am one with him. Hence, nothing can touch me. Are you, are you following it? And so it's, it's a personal relationship. It's a personal journey. 
everything what you're doing. So I look at the promises like just something that, you know, I got up in the morning and he was just telling me that I'm faithful to you. He was just reminding me, I am faithful to you. And then where it went more, he said, do you know that when, when I say that I am faithful to you, I and my promise are one. They're not apart. They're not two different things. It's representation of who I am. And so that would mean all of my promises are faithful to you. Now, this was something so simple that I got in the morning over a song that I heard. And then I began to meditate on it all day long. He is faithful to me. And so if he is faithful to me, all his promises are also faithful to me. Because it's who he is. And you know, you and me are born of that. Do you know that it's in your divine nature to be faithful? Someone can do something wrong to you and everything, everything, but everything in you is faithful. Okay? People who get rejected and things like that, don't glory, I mean, over the, over the person who left you. No, no, you are faithful. So you're not the one who leaves. Are you understanding? It's in your nature to be faithful. It's a good thing. You're faithful. It's in your nature. You're just like your father. Okay, so glory in that. You're just like your father. All the promises. So look at all the promises today and see them in Christ being faithful to you. You know, we did this whole thing on, uh, we did a sermon on we rest in his faithfulness, right? Our faith died at the cross. Now it's Christ's faith working in us and through us in all things. It's his faith working out. Okay. And it says, the Bible says, when you are faithless, he remains faithful. That's what it means. Sometimes I've seen the promises of God become yes and amen in my life. And then I see, but I wasn't even believing. And then I realized that it's all Christ in me. And the minute you just said yes, and you came into the kingdom, you're living off his faithfulness. And so it gives you a rest. And what a rest today for me in the morning to wake up and know that all his promises are faithful to me. Because he is faithful to me. Because he and his word are not separate. They are one. And so all of it is going to be faithful to you. And that's why so many of your testimonies, even as I was reading Sneha's testimony, I'm just going over this little testimony and I can see the father just being faithful to his beloved. And all the promises being faithful to her in her life. Okay, and we talked about how God is an instantaneous God and doing all things in the now. That word alive, the word of God is alive, okay, and powerful. One of the translations of Greek, I saw it actually means now. That means alive means it's very present and active. And so everything that, that Jesus was doing was not at a future date. It was in the moment. People were getting healed instantly. Blind eyes opening, people walking, you know, dead coming back to life. It was instantaneous. Is because... He is alive and active. And so I, now I'm thinking I am alive and active because I'm born of the word. And everything in my life is alive and active. It's now. I'm living in the present. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I've, I've been told not to worry about tomorrow. That I'm born of the I am. So I'm present. And so if I'm present, I'm only living for today. That's what he wants me to do. And so I just look at my day sometimes. And that's what I'm, I'm learning to do right now is not look at maybe tomorrow and day after I see today and what is the provision that I have for today. And then I'm learning to see who are the people, maybe the sons that I met today and what is the life I'm supposed to give today because I'm a life giving spirit. And so to, to, to have joy just for today. And even as I'm, you know, one of the greatest things that happened 
which I, I want to testify, I didn't waste last year. I didn't waste, um, and I mean mentally, okay? I, for the first time in my life, I, uh, beloved began, and I just went on with it. I went on giving the word. I pressed in, and it changed me. It would have been very different. But last year, I was very different, and, and it continues this year, and the year before that. I just kept on going ahead. I didn't let my circumstances even make me lose joy in the now. And that's something that I allowed before, but I didn't allow it. Uh, I didn't, uh, uh, I have not allowed it for the last two years. Okay. Now I changed because I saw it in the word and I was like, I'm going to live in the present because I looked at my life in the past and decisions that I made were, were wrong. And now I feel, why did I waste all of those years being silly and being, you know, I could have done so many things. I could have done something in my career, things like that. But I let, I let at that time, I wasn't, I didn't live for the now. I didn't trust my father enough. And so because now I look back and I, I, I'm very happy about those decisions, but I, I landed up wasting a lot of time. Wasting, you know, I didn't have joy. And I feel sad about that. And today, the, the only rejoicing I have in the past two years and now is that I'm not allowed, I'm, uh, you know, I chose joy and living in the now and just moving forward with what God is doing. And it's such a great feeling is because now you're living like a son. And now everything is under your feet and I see victory at every, in every way, you know? And then I see a different, uh, God showing me that Christ being formed in me, in my soul, where I allowed it to be defeated for so many years. And then the only difference is I didn't allow that anymore. I didn't let my emotions and everything govern me. I started choosing the word. And even as I started choosing the word, I started seeing things shift. I started seeing things and circumstances bow down to me because I chose who I am. I told you the word says that, you know, the son inherits all things and all the inheritance is given to a son. The devil likes to get us into victimization and a pity party. And that's why the minute you get victimized, that means something else is above you. And so the minute something else is above you, you've lost your position as a son in that area. And so you become a slave. And then you want to inherit, you want to inherit but you're wondering why not? Because you lost your ground. You're a son, but you're acting like a slave. And slaves don't inherit. And in those, I know sometimes they're just hard trials, right? And how do you choose? And in that, you just rest knowing that you're a son. You choose. You choose not to get enslaved by that circumstance. You choose not to let, let that circumstance give you an identity of a slave. Sometimes even when bad things happen, don't let it give you an identity of who you are. You separate yourself from that circumstance. And even as you didn't allow that to affect you, 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 you stay true to who you are. That very circumstance will bow down to you. So where you were a slave to that thing and now suddenly that becomes a slave to you. It bows down to you because you didn't allow yourself to get an identity from that. Are you getting this? It's a spiritual truth. Okay. And I, I've seen that in many of your testimonies when people write to me and I've seen one position where before they were in a position of a slave and then suddenly they shifted and they didn't allow that circumstance to give them a victimization. But they chose again that no, they're a son. And they chose to believe what God said about them apart from the whole experience that came their way. And suddenly they stepped into an inheritance. And an amazing glorious inheritance. Because they didn't allow that very thing to give them an identity. 
of being defeated or being under a situation. Very recently, I was speaking to Michael and he told me, he's saying, you know, sometimes uh, something so small, something so insignificant, it could be your child at home, can land up giving you an identity that you're not good enough. And that's what I mean. And so you're, you're like this fiery person, you know, outside in the world and you're ministering or you're giving work. And then someone so small and you can be so bogged down by that situation and all that the devil has succeeded is letting something small give you an identity of not being worthy or being under. And you have to be wise that you don't get those identities even from a situation. And so it's fine, it's there and everything, but you're still the righteousness of God. You're still the beloved. And the minute you sift yourself from that experience or that situation, you'll realize how there was nothing actually true in that situation anyways, because that is the truth, right? Your identity is not coming from the little one speaking to you. Your identity is coming from your father. Okay, and what he says that you are worthy to receive all things. You're the righteousness. You separate yourself from the flesh. That means those, even if you... You've said something to the child and maybe you wanted to become, be the perfect mother or father for that child and you've not done those things, okay? But don't allow those experiences to give you an identity of being a bad, far, bad father or a bad mother. You get your nature from Christ and of course there's always a, 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 a place of giving love and being all of that Christ is called you to be. But you separate yourself and you realize how that child still grows up to be a son just the way God intended it to. I've seen these, okay? Like I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen some, some new things and I've realized everything has to do with position. So it's not about claiming a promise. You receive all things through your position in your father. And what the devil does is tries to get you defeated and make you think like you're a slave, like get you under, victimized in everything. And that's when I know sometimes it's hard, but you just choose, choose joy, choose not take on everything that the devil is throwing your way. Okay, and you still hold on. And that's when you see that very thing shift. Now, I, 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 for healing, I've always shared it with you. It's easy. Okay, because I've done it. But you take it in the microcosm. Another thing I was, I was noticing, okay, sometimes I see things before they happen in people's lives. And it's got nothing to do with prophetic, trust me. It's got to do everything with the word. I just know how the word works now. Okay, and sometimes... You want to get a breakthrough and you're looking, looking, looking hard. But I have to tell you, the father is all about his family. So one can read that word as seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Or one can read that verse as seek first his family. And all these things, righteousness, that is sonship. And all these things will be added. And I've seen even as he loves his family, he loves his sons. Even as you're about his sons about being a life-giving spirit. Do you know that all the things that you're running after and you want perfected in your life will run after you? I've just seen it. And I'm seeing it. And sometimes I can see where people don't get it. And I'm like, oh, you should have just done that. And I can see that. And sometimes I let it be because sometimes they have to see it for themselves. Okay? But what I'm, I'm finding more and more is that if I see it in the word, it's enough for me. So I'm not prophetic about their lives. I just know how the kingdom works. I just know how the world works. And so sometimes, you know, like someone can lose a baby and it can be so daunting. But, and that losing a baby can give an identity to that person that God doesn't love me. Or can give an identity to that person that, oh, it's, not, it's 
the word says it's not in my nature to lose and how do I lose? As terrible and tragic that experience might be, you have to sift yourself away from that experience, not get bogged down with that sorrow and then rise up and say, no, it's not in my nature to lose. It's not. I am the beloved. And don't let grief touch you. Separate yourself from all of it. I know it's tough, but that's the trial of the faith. That's the trial of like holding on to that word, that, that divine nature of yours when you see it and it's telling you who you are. And then everything and all circumstances come to make you see that, no, it's not who you are. And that's the trial where you, you stand firm. You are patient. Your patience just means endurance. I don't know why they keep saying patience in the Bible. It means endurance. That means you're enduring, you're holding on and saying, no, but my father says so. And then you realize when, when the spiritual realm, when everything knows that this son doesn't allow a circumstance to tell them who they are, that's when that very circumstance bows down to you. And you won't have one baby. You'll have two, three, four, five. Okay? And they will be untouchables. Nothing will even touch them. It's because your identity now has not come from an experience. It came just because the word says so apart from the experience. Similarly, a guy or a girl who's been rejected and you let your experiences tell you who you are, whether you're good material, bad material. You don't. You're perfectly good because you're born of the father. And you hold on to that identity apart from your experiences and then God will add to you somebody who sees you just the way he sees you. It's because it's got to do with identity. The devil only wants to steal the word of you're the beloved, that you're the son. And so every time I see, I look at a divine nature, I'm looking at like today, even as I'm speaking, I got to you that if at all I've been double-minded, my flesh has been double-minded. My spirit is always sure. Christ in me is always sure of who I am. And so I look at the areas of my life that I was never second-guessing. I just knew. I just knew because it was born of the spirit. And anything that I was impulsive with, or double-minded, that, that was not Christ anyways. Because he's very sure about who he is. His yes is yes and his no is no. Okay? And so that's when you know it's all Christ in you. And now the more you take on that identity. Now what I do is, when I see this, the minute I saw this, I say that Priya is not double-minded. Priya's yes is yes and Priya's no is no. Because it's Christ's yes and yes. And now that's, that's it. I don't let my flesh tell me, oh, you're double-minded. Because I'm, my, my identity comes from who the father says I am. And so there might be cases where it looks like, oh no, she's confused, she's confused. No, no, no. And after some time, I don't let it change me. I just sit. And after, after some time, you'll see everything is li lining up with your yes is yes and your no is no. It's Christ in you. Okay, you don't let your experiences tell you who you are. You know, you can start a business and you can have one failed business, a second failed business, a third failed business. And then you hold on to the truth that Jesus died to make you rich. He became poor on the cross to make you rich. That's what the word says. Okay? It's in your nature to be fruitful and to multiply. It's in your nature to be prosperous because abundance means just life. That means anything that you do, it just gives life. So even if you had one or two, you don't allow it to tell you who you are. You sift yourself and then the fourth and the fifth and the sixth are aligning. They're aligning now to who you are because you didn't become a slave to that experience before. You didn't let this failure of business tell you who you are. That means the business 
was greater than Christ in you because you so easily allowed it to influence you. Okay, you, you stay true to who God calls you, who you are. And then you'll see when it doesn't matter, you're sifting yourself from your experiences, anything, you're just so rooted in the word. If the word says it, that's it. That's who I am. Spiritual remorse, that's how it works. That's how it means. How have you escaped from the corruption of the world? By becoming a partaker of the divine nature. That means there is a corruption. And all of this corruption and the cycles, that agenda is one thing. You know, the Bible says, right? We don't fight against flesh and blood. That means you think it's a person, you think it's your boss saying, you think it's the husband saying, you think it's your wife saying things. It says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and wicked hosts in heavenly places. Principalities and powers, okay? That means behind that or whatever, there is an influence. And so you have to just be wise in that. And how will the influence bow down to you? The influence knows that you're a son. So your job is you don't bow down to it. By pursuing after it, by running after it, by getting, allowing yourself to get victimized by it. You stay true to who you are. Trust me, all things are meant to serve the sun. The sun doesn't go running after serving those things. The minute you run after those things, you've given your position as a sun and you become a slave. And slaves don't inherit. Sons inherit. So the way you get, your, you're looking for a healing or you're looking for something to come into your life and you're wondering how and why. And sometimes it's as simple as a... You know, I've seen this time and again, okay? Uh, I've done this teaching on calling. Hear that? Okay? In the body, as a son, everything in you is about the kingdom. And so look for what, even as you're growing in your awareness as a son, but even towards the body, he's put a calling on your life. For some, it's music or, or music ministry. For some, it could be admin work. For some, it could be something else. Okay, but look to it. Do you know that, you know, in Regal, because no one else wanted to do it, I used to go in the morning and clean the toilet. But do you know that cleaning the toilet is also a calling? And I can clean the toilet and do it unto the Lord because people are coming there and they're using it. And there's nothing less and uh, low. It doesn't mean if I preach, there's a bigger thing and if someone does the toilet, it's a bad thing. No, I'm doing it all unto the, the Father. And what I'm saying is, even as I'm doing it unto him, is because it's his children. And you know that there's a, there's a reward in that. There's nothing small in the kingdom. If there's a calling on your life for something that he's put in there, talent, it's for him. And even as you do it to him, you'll just see how all the other things are just in place in your life. So you think it was like, I'm getting more of this and I'm, I'm doing, and, and, he, he, and maybe he was just like, just take care of admin. I've given you all the skills just for that. Even the kingdom of God, you know, there's Gabriel, there's Michael, they're, they're each doing things. And their job is only that one thing. And even as they're doing that one thing, there's organization and there's order in the kingdom. We're called to be sons. We're growing in our awareness as sons. Okay? But even within, even within the kingdom, he's got something for you. And even as you're faithful to that very little thing, it could just be greeting somebody in the morning and saying hello. Or for the welcome team, or just saying hello. You're doing it unto him. And all things are getting added to you. And all things are aligning. Okay? Now, I need you to just put this in practice to see. Because I'm seeing these microcosm things. And some people are chasing the big thing. And, I, and they want the big thing to shift. But it had to do with just something so small. And even if they did that that it would affect the big. Because I've just seen that's just the way he is. 
And that's why he says, not even a glass of water, if someone gives you, will lose their reward. Because it, there is something, and I, this is something I'm seeing about him, that it's not about the big, it's about the, were you faithful in the little, in the small? Because that's the way I am. If I don't miss out on giving a reward to someone who gave you water, what makes you think you are going to be any different? Okay, and that's just the way the kingdom, kingdom goes about. So th there's something that you want to see and first is just all about the father. Get the word, make it all about him. You're seeing the word, that is who you are. Everything comes to test it. Just hold your ground, endure it. And now in the endurance, don't forget to be a life-giving spirit. Forget about the problem you're in. Because sometimes a problem gets you so wrapped up that you forget you're a son. You're so busy pursuing the problem and wanting to get out of that mess that that whole problem gave you an identity that you're under the mess. When actually you're not. You're a son, you're above it and sometimes just ignoring it and choosing to be a life-giving spirit. Forget about the problem and just go. Because that's your identity, right? Like this problem has come to tell me I'm not and getting me under it and I just want to push it. And I just go and be a life-giving spirit. And then suddenly you'll see that very problem bows down to you or it shifted or it changed or that something happened to that problem. It's because you didn't run after it. You didn't allow it to tell you who you are. The kingdom works like this. Sometimes when you get bad news and things like that, don't run after it. Go see a movie, a happy movie. You'll see how things shift. Now I know this sounds silly, but I put it in practice and I've seen these things happen. I've seen things shift and then I've realized, I'm telling you from experience, that I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. I'm fighting against spiritual things. And because that very thing came to bog me down, to get all my attention to it, and I didn't allow it, I still went for a happy movie and everything. I chose my identity. No, it's in my nature. My mom will be taken care of everything. It's Psalm 91. And I went for a movie and everything shifted and changed. Now, how is this? How has a movie got to do with my mother? And you'll wonder why, right? How these things are making sense. But I've seen it. Because we're not fighting against, because everything is coming to give you an identity that you're under the problem. And you're not. You choose to sleep in the storm. These are, these are spiritual truths. Put them into practice. You will see exactly what I'm telling you is the truth. It's because you're a son. That's why Jesus, even when he hears things, he's not impulsive. He didn't go running after Lazarus when he heard he's dead. He waited. Because anything came to tell him, run. That means you're not who you are. And then by resting, he's choosing to say that I am the resurrection life. I don't run after these things. It's under my feet. That's what he was saying. And then the dead comes back to life. That's when you see those ridiculously amazing testimonies. In any situation that you are a problem, put this into practice right now. That very problem comes to get all your attention and suck you all down. And give you an identity that you're under it. And sometimes just walking away. Just going for coffee. Just going for a walk sometimes. Just going for a... Go see a happy movie. It gets you your mind away from that. So then when you come back, you can think clearly. You can see clearly. Don't go for a depressing movie, a happy movie, a joyful movie. Okay. And then when you can see things, it'll remind you you're a son. Everything changes. And then go be a life-giving spirit. Go give life to somebody else. Don't let it tell you who you are. It told you you're not a life-giving spirit. You need life right now. That's what the problem was saying. And you... Resisted and said, no, I'm a life-giving spirit. I'm going and giving life. And even as you're going and encouraging somebody, you will get encouraged. And then the very thing shifts. That problem shifts. Okay? Because everything, guys, the truth is you died. Then I died. 
Okay, it's Christ in you and Christ has been raised and seated at the right hand of the Father. And it says that all principalities and powers that were made for him and through him, but all of these principalities and powers are now under our feet. They're under him, so they're also technically under my feet. So they act like they're not under your feet. And that's why we don't get up and dance. We sit and we reign. So any problem that's coming to tell you you're not worthy, you can address the problem, but address it through who you are. Okay, and it's so subtle. The devil can use something so insignificant. You can use the help at your home who's working and tell you, oh, you're not good. You're not a good paymaster. You're terrible. You know, it could be your little child saying something. It could be a little puppy not giving you attention and goes to somebody else running. And then you feel, oh, you're not. Don't let these things give you an identity. Okay, get your identity from the word and then everything else will bow down to you. Okay, that's what it means to be partakers of the divine nature. Get a promise. And then rest in it. And you'll see that very promise become faithful to you. Because that's his nature. Okay? And everything comes to tell you, no, I'm not faithful to you. The promise is not faithful to you. And that's when you endure. No, the promise is faithful to me. It's who I am. Okay? So we're going to end this today here. And uh, <clears throat> let's just close in um, prayer. Uh, just say this after me. Let's give a, a thanksgiving, an offering to God, okay, to Jesus. So just how faithful he is, just about what he's doing in your lives. So just say, Jesus, you are my high priest. Father, I thank you. I'm a son in your kingdom. Yes, Jesus, you are my high priest. And right now I give you a spiritual tithe. I give you a thank you of all the revelation that you've got to my soul right now. And just worship him with him right now. Worship him with him. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for everyone that is logged in today who's listening. I just thank you that your word says that you are faithful. You are faithful and because you are faithful, so am I. I thank you that your promises are faithful. You're one with them and they are faithful to me. I just thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um.